Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. Tom Brady hasn't done it, and neither did Jim Brown, nor Joe Montana, nor anyone else. Mets winning three consecutive most valuable player awards outright. Can Aaron Rodgers be the first to do it this season? Greetings, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast, this one coming from the United Kingdom, where on Sunday the Packers will play the New York Giants. Rob, are you pumped up? Well, I'm probably not as pumped up as you since you're going to be live and in person, Gary, so kudos to you for uh, pulling that thing off. I'll be back stateside. You're, uh, you're a lucky man. Should be yeah, fun. yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I've always wanted to come to London, and, and London is just a fabulous place. Rob, it's 90, uh, 9 million people, right? And it's like you're walking in Chilton, Wisconsin. That's how safe it feels, <laughs> you know? It, it, it's unbelievable. It's unlike any major city I've ever been in. The transportation system is awesome. And, of course, they got a ton of historical places, you know, Big Ben and Buckingham Palace, and uh, the other day I went and checked out Wimbledon. I, I'm, a, I'm a big tennis fan, and that that was a real treat. So yeah, London London is nice. a great place. London is a great place. So you're saying it's a little safer and cleaner than downtown Milwaukee these days, Gary, or any other major city? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> I, I'm sure you'll you'll be. Uh, be invited by the uh, Milwaukee Tourism <laughs> Department. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, what in well, Gary? Idea. They did. They did just move their Christmas tree in in, in front of uh, the Pfizer Forum. So that's that that's quite progress they're making in Milwaukee. They they don't have any other problems, right? Uh, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, go to our favorite topic these days: the Packers. And you know, at the outset of the podcast, I alluded to Aaron Rodgers possibly becoming the first three-time MVP outright. Of course, uh, Brett Favre won it three straight years, too. But in his uh, third season, he shared the award with Barry Sanders. Rodgers hasn't been anything but great this season so far, Rob, but he's been pretty good. To me, he's like on the periphery of the MVPs at this point. I mean, you got Mahomes and Allen and Lamar Jackson and who am I missing here? Josh Allen, did I say him? You know, you, you could even throw Hertz and Philly in there, couldn't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I would say at this point in time. I'll, I'll be honest, Gary, I, I said this back in August. I think this is the year of Josh Allen. I think this is the year of the Buffalo Bills. I think it's a 15-2 and two football team. I think it's the best team in football top to bottom. They've been hit hard by injury, and they – I mean, that win they had last week in, in – uh, you know, in Baltimore was, was, was ridiculous. Josh Allen right now, Gary is the closest thing we've seen in 25 years to Brett Favre. And, you know, he, he can do it uh, himself. He can do it uh, when, when his wide receiver group is beat up, he, he he's big, strong. He can fall through a wall and kind of like Favre, Gary, when he first came into the league, you remember Favre was breaking guys' fingers. He had no touch whatsoever on yes. the football. Josh Allen was a, 
was was very similar when when he showed up in Buffalo with that with that absolute cannon of an arm and and he's and he's really worked on that short and intermediate stuff and taking a little bit of zip off the ball but he can still hurl at 65 yards downfield and and hit a Stefan Diggs in stride I I think it's Josh Allen's MVP uh, to lose this year Gary I I think the fact Mahomes is off to the start he is without Tyreek Hill it's him right in the mix maybe maybe number two. At this point in time, we mentioned Jalen Hurts. Uh, there's a long he's way to go. Terrific. I, I've been so I mean, impressed by Hurts. Unbelievable that two years ago he sat behind Carson Wentz and and everybody thought, you know, even Gary, you remember coming out. There, there were a lot of scouts saying he he might be a wide receiver in the National yes, Football League, exactly. not, not a quarterback. You know, even the Eagles took a lot of heat for drafting him as high as they did with, with Wentz, who was the second pick uh, in the draft five or six years ago on, on the roster. And I mean, Hertz has just blossomed into, you know, an absolute stud. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. I don't know if that football team will win enough games when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. My best guess is that, you know, that this MVP race, and again, we're only at the quarter pole. Um, exactly. this, this looks to me like one though, between Allen and Mahomes and maybe whosoever team wins the most games, but, I think that's your AFC championship yeah. game, Gary. Buffalo, Kansas City. I think the Super Bowl champion this year comes from the AFC. I think the conference is a little deeper. I think it's better. Uh, I think those two guys up top uh, have separated themselves. But I, I don't think right now Rodgers is in the discussion, Gary. I mean, Green Bay, even when you start thinking about what they're doing offensively, they're changing the identity of, of that football team. Mm-hmm. And they've become a run-first operation in, in several of these games you know, to the fact, I think green Bay right now, Gary ranks 21st in the league in points um, at just about 19 a game. I think it's 18.8. And I looked that up the other day, Gary, the, the, the last time they've averaged this few of points through four games was Mike McCarthy's rookie season in, in 2006. So it's, it's definitely not an offense that's humming. They're, they're winning games on the ground and, and with that defense, I mean, they're only giving up, 17 points a game right now, Gary. I think it's 17.3. If this was a Packer team, like many of the past 10 or 15 years, that level of defense, these guys would be one and three right now, Gary. They wouldn't be three and one. Yeah. Um, they're, they're winning because the defense has been stout. The running game has been outstanding. I mean, Aaron Jones is at seven yards a carry, Gary. Think about that for a second. Just what, what he's been able to do you know, carrying the football. And he's actually carried it nine times less than, than AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's about three, six, three, seven. And then they're fine with that number because Dillon's banging on people and wearing them out. And then they're turning Jones loose. It's really a nifty combo. So Gary, I, I just think with, with Rogers trying to break in new receivers, he's not going to have the numbers when it's all said and done that he's had in the past. I still think green Bay is going to win a lot of football games when it's all said and done somewhere, probably between 11 and 13. But the fact I think Rodgers is, is going to get out distanced heavily in, in yardage, in touchdown passes, you know, maybe even completion percentage, QBRs, and, you know, overall quarterback rating. I think guys like Allen and Mahomes are going to dwarf him in some of those numbers. And, and it, to me, those two are the overwhelming favorites at this point in time. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Having said that, though, you and I have learned over the years that a guy could have a big lead even at the midway point of the season and it usually means nothing yeah. because because the voters always look at the last four or five games as long as you're in the mix you know in the uh, on the periphery you got a chance but a couple of things I, I wanted to talk to you about uh pertaining to Rogers is 
his interceptions, his number of interceptions through four games. He's got three interceptions, and for for the average quarterback, that's not a big deal. But for Aaron Rodgers, it's a big deal. Last year, he had four interceptions all season, and he's already got three, you know, one-fourth of the way into the season. I don't think he's had double-digit interceptions for 12 years now, right? Maybe it's a fluke, you know, but it's unusual for Aaron Rodgers uh, to do this. No, I don't think it's a fluke at all, Gary. And, and I, I think this could be a year where he pushes double digits. And I, I said that before the year even began. I mean, when, when you look at it, I mean, his number one wide receiver right now is, is, is Romeo Dubs. I mean, it really is. Dubs has 19 catches, Gary. He's got the most targets. He's got the most receptions a substantial lead over Alan Lazard, I think with 12 catches um, who's second and uh, actually Tanyan's Tanyan might be second. I think he's up 13 and then Lazard is 12, but out of that wide receiver group, Gary, you know, he's trying to develop a chemistry and some rhythm with these young guys. It's happening incredibly slow with Christian Watson. There's no question mm-hmm. there. And, and dubs is, has had some problems with ball security, both, um, you know, fumbling now back to back weeks. And, and then you saw him try to bring the one catch to the ground last week against uh, new England that would have won the football game and he couldn't pull that off. And, and that's a play most NFL wide receivers make. So, you know, Rogers is going to keep going to him, Gary, because he doesn't have a lot of other great options on the roster right now, but it, but it, it it's going to take time. I mean, those two aren't going to be in total sync, I think until 2023, it, it may not happen in, in 2022. And, and that's going to lead to some of these picks. I mean, last week was a pick six, just, just the fourth of Rogers career. And, yeah. and that really wasn't on the wide receiver as much as it was on Aaron throwing a bad ball in the wide receiver, or I'm sorry, the corner from new England Jones jumping the route for Lazard. He knew just what was coming. That play reminded me so much of Tremont Williams, Gary, um, yes. in the, in the 2010 playoffs against Atlanta, right before halftime, you know, when Matt Ryan was trying to drive the Falcons down for a field goal right before half and Tremont jumped a route and picked it off and ran it back for a score. And it was really the biggest play in the Packers blowing out the Falcons that night to, uh, you know, to get to the NFC title game the following week. And um, you, you just don't see Rogers do that often, Gary, you know, he, he threw one the previous week against Tampa Bay he had one in the opener against Minnesota. The only team he hasn't thrown one against yet is the bears. Now, I guess for is him, that right? I didn't realize he hasn't thrown any against the bears. No, no, he just he out of uh, this season, Gary. I'm sorry. Oh, I see. You know, he, he, okay, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's thrown one in three or four games. The Chicago yes. game okay. was the I one where the, he yep. did not throw an interception. When you think about it, Gary, you know that the, the schedule does get a little bit easier now. The next three weeks, I mean, the, this team should be six and one, and Rogers should get a chance here. You know, with, with with the next three defenses being the Giants, the Jets, and Washington, to probably pile up some numbers getting a better groove with some of these receivers. These aren't world beater defenses on the schedule here the next three weeks. You know, they're not playing San Francisco. They're not playing Tampa Bay. They're not playing Buffalo. They're not playing Philly. Uh, You know, Buffalo, Philly come later. San Francisco could come in the postseason. You know, these elite defenses that we have in the league. And really, Gary, it is amazing when you you go and look around the league and look at some of these stats. I, I don't remember a year where we've had five or six defenses in the league as good as we have right now, we we've got five or six defenses that are absolute world beaters, you know, probably starting with the 49ers. You saw what they did uh, Monday night against the Rams. I'm sorry. That's your team. 
it is my team. I, I thought it would be Trey Lance's 49ers, but they actually may be better. <laughs> you with know Jimmy what? G. Well, I think you're going to be thankful. It's not Trey Lance's team. <laughs> I, I, I may be, but boy, Gary, you know what, what they did on Monday night to Stafford and that offense was, was crazy. I mean, Tampa has an, an elite elite defense. Green Bay has one. Philly has one. Uh, Buffalo has one. There's five, six defenses around the league that are absolutely lights out right now. Um, you know, even Kansas City, Gary, when they when they traded Tyreek Hill, it, it allowed them to free up twenty million a year to go and beef up that defense, and they're actually respectable now on that side of the ball. They're not as good as those other teams I just mentioned, but but they're much improved. It, it's going to be fascinating when we get to the playoffs, Gary, because Green Bay has a championship level defense for the first time in really the Aaron Rodgers era. We're going to be asking, do they have a championship offense? Yeah, precisely. Uh, you know, last week uh, we talked extensively about uh, Dubs and what an impact slash impression he's made already. But I thought this was interesting. Um, I think it was after the game the other day, Des Bryant tweeted out words basically to the effect, he's going to be a star. You know, it's one thing to be noticed by you and me and other people in the media. It's another thing when you get recognized by, you know, a, a great receiver in his own right. You know, I thought that was really a cool, cool compliment. I don't disagree. And the kid's got a lot to work of work to do here. Here's the good news though, for Packer nation. This is a guy who likes to work. We, we talked about this last week, a, a little bit, Gary, you know, he, he's not a social media guy. He, he's not a big gamer when it comes to video games. The, how the kid spends his spare time is, is football. He comes in for extra work on jugs machines. He, he watches more film uh, than most people. He's in the building early. He's out late. He's already like a 30-year-old man, Gary, in, in a 22-year-old kid's body. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? He's a nine-year veteran already in the league. The, the, the thing is, he's, it's a tough league. I mean, it's a big boy. It's a grown man's league. He's still just 22 years old, and it's it's going to take him a couple of years to be, I, I think, a, a, an elite, a, a legitimate number one wide receiver. You do think about it, though, Gary, four games in, the, the kid's got 19 catches. You you do the math on that and play it out. It puts him at 81 for the yeah. season. Um, yeah, I don't know if he can, I don't know if he can continue this pace, but for a rookie wide receiver in Green Bay to have 80 catches, I mean, that that hasn't happened. I I have to go back and, and look. I'm, I'm sure it's Sterling Sharp would be the only guy in the last 30 plus years to even to make a run at that. And and, and Sterling might not have even gotten there because he had an up and down rookie I season. Don't think I remember. He did. I, I, yeah. I'm sure so, he yeah. You know, Dubs could be on pace, Gary, to set a lot of rookie records if he can kind of continue it at the pace he is. But, you know, like, like we talked about, back-to-back weeks now with fumbles. This week he lost one in the in the New England game. That that has to be a concern when it comes to ball security. That The catch he could have made at the end of regulation so, so Green Bay didn't have to go to overtime is, is one he absolutely 1,000% has to make and finish that catch and, and bring it to the ground. You know, Gary, he was a star in training camp. And then, you know, for the first four weeks, I would say, and then late in camp, the last week or two, we started to have issues with catching the ball and ball security. And it's carried over a little bit into the end of the season right now. You know, overall, you can't complain about the kid. He leads him in receiving uh, in, in, in catches. He's tied for the lead, uh, the team lead in, in receiving touchdowns. It, it's certainly more than you'd ever expect from a fourth round rookie. He's miles ahead of the second round kid there, Christian Watson, who they absolutely have no idea what to do with right now. So they're running jet sweeps with them. Dubs is. And he's actually pretty good at that. I mean, he's got a niche there. You know, I mean, I'm sure teams are going to play him differently going forward, but 
he he's with it with that speed he he's pretty good at, at doing that you're, you're not you're not wrong gary but you know that league everybody's pretty fast and they'll adjust quickly and you can yeah. get away with that one week but now the following week it, it's going to be really yeah, tough it's, it's not college football it to continue that week in and week out. I mean, they, 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 they need Christian Watson to expand his repertoire right now and, and, and do things other than run a goal route and, yeah. uh, and get the ball on jet sweeps. He, he, he's got to become more accomplished quickly when it comes to that route tree, Gary, but, you know, just specifically back to dubs. I mean, dubs is the guy who I think by the time we get to January, who's going to be their clear cut number one wide receiver. It's going to be the guy Rogers goes to at crunch time. Um, although he still is in love with Lazard and Cobb so that maybe we'll see on that one. But I mean, dubs has the most upside, I think out of those guys, Gary. And um, you know, if, if he can clean up that element of his game, just with ball security, mm-hmm. he's got a chance to be a really, really good one. Okay. It does. <laughs> you can tell I'm not quite as high as Des. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, you don't see that happen very, very often where a great player anoints a player who's only played four games, you know what I mean? And saying that this guy could potentially be a star. But anyways, the another topic I wanted to touch on with Aaron Rodgers is uh, the number of times he's been sacked already this season. He's been sacked nine times, and that's a lot after after just four games. I think he's maybe in the top ten in quarterbacks being sacked. And if I'm not mistaken, I think last year he had around 28 or 30. And at uh, this pace, he's going to be like 36 to 38, somewhere in that ballpark. But th- this can't continue if uh, they want Aaron Rodgers fresh for the playoffs, that's for sure. Gary, but you, you know those balls I do. Half of those are on the quarterback himself who likes to hold the ball forever at times. Mm-hmm. It, he, he's not great at getting the ball out quickly and on rhythm. And, and, and that's been the story of his career. Now they're going to get that offensive line. I, I think at, at the level they want it here, Bakhtiari played 70 of 73 snaps last week, That was impressive, um, which is a terrific number, obviously. So, I mean, Bakhtiari is clearly coming back. Is he going to be the form that he was in 2020? No, but he's getting back to the workload that they obviously want him to. I think what they're discovering, Gary, is Elton Jenkins is a better guard than he is a right tackle. And and he struggled a little bit in, in his return, and they put him out on an island there at right tackle. It would not shock me at all if you see on Sunday in, in the game you will be at against the Giants that Jenkins kicks back inside the left guard, and maybe they move Runyon over to the right side and Yash jumps in and plays right tackle. We'll see where they're going with that. They've got obviously some options, but I think they're discovering and discovering quickly that uh, Jenkins might be a better guard than he is a tackle. At least this year, Gary coming back off that knee, you know, when he's absolutely a hundred percent in 2023, maybe they give that thing a go again, but I have a hunch they're going to make that move this, this upcoming Sunday against the giants and, and Yash will kick out there to right tackle. Yash grades highly, you know, that, that the, one of the reasons they split snaps down in Tampa with Bakhtiari and Yash is, is that Yash is a legitimate starter in this league right now. And, and he grades out higher than, than some of these interior guys that they have. And, and they're going to probably have to make some tough choices. Maybe that means a guy like Royce Newman goes to the bench and that could be how this, this unfolds. So you see Runyon being shifted from left guard to right guard. 
Potentially, I don't. I don't think they'll move Jenkins to right guard. His natural position, you know, his first couple of years in the league was at left guard, and and they love that combination over there with him in '69 on the left side of that line when they want to run some power stuff over there. They they really they really like to hammer away with those two. That would not shock me, Gary, whatsoever. And yeah, then then Runyon would obviously have to to make the move over to the right side again. We'll we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe they'll go status quo and do what they did here the last uh, couple of games since Bakhtiari's come back and just leave Jenkins alone. And, and Yash kind of comes off the bench right now, but, but Yash is a guy Gary that I, I think they understand needs to be on the field. He's a really good football player. LaFleur says time and time again, my number one goal is to get the top five out there and Yash is going to grade in the top five most weeks, Gary. So we'll see how it plays out. You know, you know, so a couple of things there on that, on that Rogers sack total, obviously, you know, you know, the line has been a, a, a fluid situation, a work in progress. They're trying to get that thing figured out and fixed. I, I think they'll have that figured out here in the next couple of weeks, Gary. But then the quarterback himself also just has to get rid of the ball quicker because he he hasn't done that typically throughout his career. It, it's, you know, it's been a point of contention with with him and many of his linemen uh, through the years who scream and yell at him to get rid of the ball faster. And, and he doesn't because he likes to wait for big plays to develop downfield. But Gary, you know, you, you, you touched on the fact He's going to end up, you know, probably between 35 and 40 sacks the way it's trending right now. And, and it'll stay that way unless he changes the way he plays. But we all know Aaron Rodgers well by this point in time, right? He plays how he plays. He, he's probably not going to make a change here at almost 39 years old. This is who the guy is. So that sack total could be a little higher than normal this season, Gary. Yeah. Do you remember uh, 2011 when he was sacked 49 times? <laughs> I didn't think he was going to play more than a season after that, but you know, (laughs) you know, there's a reason why these quarterbacks are paid, you know, a zillion dollars. I mean, I was looking at the sack totals the other day. Carson Wentz has been sacked 17 times. Yeah. You know, you're a fourth of the way through the season. Uh, Stafford and uh, Burrow have been 16 somewhere in there. It's not the easiest way to earn earn a salary, that's for sure. But Gary, it's nothing like it was a generation ago. You think of the beating those quarter put put in a game from 1978 or 1995 or something like that, and and watch Warren Sapp hit Brett Favre three seconds after he delivers the football, and there's not nothing close to a flag, right? Even even watch Brett Favre, you know, in the what was it? The 2009 NFC championship game where the saints just knocked the nonsense out of him, you know, through the course of the game, but yeah. go watch these old videos, right. Of, of, of Fran Tarkington or Kenny Stabler or Terry Bradshaw playing quarterback in the beatings that those guys took, how, how those guys lasted 15 years is, is miraculous to me, Gary, these, you know, the, these, these quarterbacks, and, and I know they're, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about high sack totals in a couple of places, but but you know as well as I do too. You know, if if you even touch a guy a tenth of the second, tenth of a yeah. second after he released the ball, the flag's coming in. So these defenders have to play so much, you know, uh, more careful than they ever have in in the past. And and I get it. Uh, you know, you, you you take an Aaron Rodgers off the field, you take a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, uh, a Tom Brady off the field, something like that. The ratings cut in half, don't they? So, so the league's going to protect no their investment. They're going to protect their assets. Uh, it, it, it makes total sense from a financial standpoint, but the way the game is played today is nothing like it was a generation or two ago, Gary. Oh, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I, I go back to when Bart Starr played and people forget about this, but that guy took some vicious shots over the years and, 
many, I mean, not a couple, there were many games in which I thought he suffered a concussion. You know, he'd wobble around and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah. He, well, he, he, prob- he probably did Gary. Oh, no question. I, I don't have any doubts in my mind. And, you know, he played through it uh, on many occasions, but now I got to give you some kudos. Not that I don't anyways, but uh, after <laughs> the first two seasons for Rashawn Gary, I don't know anybody that was left on that bandwagon except you. <laughs> I know I wasn't on the bandwagon. I, I thought he was a bust, especially after the second year. I mean, the first year he had two sacks, which was a major disappointment. Second year he had five sacks, still not very good. And then, of course, last year he had his breakout season. But now he's on the brink of being, without a doubt, one of the best defenders in the NFL. And, and you've been, you know, singing his praises for a long time and uh, kudos to you. Gary, I liked the way he finished 2020. I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but if, but if memory serves me, you know, I think you mentioned he had five sacks that year. Four of them must've been in the last six or seven games or something like that. He, he, he was very impactful that year uh, in, in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, they, they beat the Rams. If you remember in the, in the divisional round that year. And, and I want to say he had like a sack and a half that night against Stafford. And then he had a ton of pressure against Brady in the NFC title game. And I, I just, I thought the kid was on the rise, you know, when, when the 2020 season ended, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Gary too, after his rookie season, I think he only played like 23 and a half percent of the snaps that year. I remember, I remember that number. Cause it was under a quarter. I remember thinking, man, Maybe they blew it on this guy, but but you remember they 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 did have they did have both Smiths um, that they had decent depth at the position, but but he couldn't get on the field as a rookie, Gary, and and and, and I remember thinking maybe they did blow it on, on on this one, but but the way he emerged late in his second season, um, he obviously then was you know a double digit sack guy last year and was their best uh, outside linebacker after Zadarius Smith got hurt. And then Gary, I, you know, I watched him a number of times over the summer and, 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 and all the hype and um, you know, the hoopless surrounding him was unbelievably legit. I mean, it, it was spot on day after day. He ruined practice for the offense. They, they couldn't get anything done. I mean, he was, he was the best player on the football field. It, it reminded me a lot of, Oh, what was it about 2009 Jermichael Finley's second year in the league, I think Gary, and, and he was the best player almost every single day on the practice field. And you just kind of knew that this young, crazy tight end was going to blow up. And, and he did, you know, you, you can see that in the summer, there's always a player or two that comes back and he's taken this gigantic leap. And, and Gary was that guy this year. Um, I thought without question, he, you know, he was dominant all summer. He's at five sacks, I think right now uh, through four games which is tied for third in the league. I, I think Boza from San Francisco passed him on Monday night. Otherwise, Rashawn was second up until that point in time. But Gary, I, I remember we talked about this back in, you know, July or August, and, and we looked it up and, and Rashawn was 40 to one, the odds of, of him winning NFL defensive player of the year. And, and I told people on this podcast, throw 10 bucks on that, throw 20 bucks on that. It, he's going to have a chance. And, and if he keeps up at this pace, you know, he, he's going to push 20 sacks. I mean, he's a, right now he's at a clip for 21, but it isn't like teams aren't game planning for him right now, Gary. 
He's getting double teamed a bunch. He's getting chipped. The teams know he's Green Bay's best player on defense. And, and they're doing everything they can to take him away, and they can't do it. I think this guy is, is a beast. He's in the physical prime of his life. He, everything has come together for him at the, at the right time, mentally and physically. Um, and, and let's face it, he's in a contract year. So you add all that up, and, and you're probably looking at a guy when it's all said and done that's going to that's gonna have 20 sacks or more. I was just thinking of this as, as you were speaking. The Packers have had some really incredibly good outside linebackers over the years. I mean, you think of Dave Robinson, Hall of Famer. You think of uh, Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews, a Hall of Famer. You think he'll get there? I don't think his sack. I don't think his sack total is going to be quite high enough, Gary. When it's all said and okay. done, then you he's then he's, the, he's the best outside linebacker I've seen in Green Bay, though in 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 my lifetime. That that that's for sure. His his stretch, you know, the first five years of his career were the most dominant I've seen. He he was unbelievable. Yeah. Then I think of Ted Hendricks. I mean, Ted Hendricks was yeah. unbelievable. That one season in Green Bay, I mean, he was just an animal. But, you know, getting back to uh, Gary, two things. One, I like the way Joe Barry is using him. Uh, first couple seasons, he was strictly playing uh, at left outside linebacker. And I thought he was like a one-trick pony. He would rush from the outside and try to, you know, overpower people. Uh, but like last year and especially now this year, he's been moving around. You'll see him on the right side. You'll see him in the middle. And uh, I, I think Barry uh, is using, using him really well and keeping the opponents guessing. You know, they, they don't know where he's going to line up. You know, and, and that's impressive on Rashawn's part too, Gary, because you remember, I mean, he was, he was a 4-3 defensive end at Michigan. And, mm-hmm. and, and what they asked him to do, he, he wasn't even a rush end, Gary. He, he was the defensive end that kind of w- attracted a lot of double teams and, and held the line um, in, the, in the run game so other guys could fly in and, and make the plays. And, and, and everybody at Michigan swore to the fact, and, 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 and I had a lot of concerns coming out too, that he could make this transition from a 4-3 end to a 3-4 linebacker. You know, but, but everybody at, at, at Michigan swore, don't get too sucked into his stats because the stats didn't jump out and impress a lot of people, you know, from a sack total, from a pressure total. They said this guy is such a naturally gifted physical athlete. He'll be able to make that switch and, 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 and become a terror when, once he's moved to deep, you know, to an outside linebacker spot. My biggest question, though, Gary, you remember, I mean, the kid had a nine on the Wonderlick test coming out of Michigan, mm-hmm. and and that raised a lot of red flags. I mean, the average NFL player is about 21, 22. So, so now you start to question intelligence. But the biggest thing with Rashawn is, is that he fights dyslexia. So it takes him a little bit longer to get up to speed. And that probably explains why he was slow out of the gates as a rookie and, and even struggled halfway you know, into his second year. Now, again, that, that everything has clicked mentally and physically. He's 25 years old. I mean, Gary, he looks like, you know, God was in a good mood. When, when, when God created an outside <laughs> linebacker, he carved Rashawn Gary out of stone. I mean, he honest to God did. And, that, I mean, he was smiling the day he carved Rashawn Gary because this, this guy, much like Clay Matthews, is, is just a physical freak. And, and so he gets it now where, you, where, where he understands defensively, you know, wherever it is, Barry is lining him up. Rashawn, you know, Rashawn is quick and alert in terms of his assignment and, and what to do. He, he's terrific against the run. Gary, he can hold the point of attack. He's, he's anything but a one-trick pony. He's got speed off the edge. 
and he can absolutely overpower a tackle. I mean, not like not like Reggie White could overpower a tackle, but but for an outside linebacker, he he can absolutely blow up a tackle, Gary, where, where this guy can do it all. And and Green Bay, I mean, kudos to Gutekunst when this is all said and done because because he took a lot of heat for that pick too. Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. three four years ago when when he made it, it, especially because it was at a position of strength already where they had both Smiths um, and they had signed him, you know, two months earlier in free agency, and then they turned around and took Rashawn Gary. Um, um, in the draft, it certainly didn't seem like a need position. Well, I, I guess he's the perfect example, right, Gary? Why why you don't draft for need? You dr- you take the best player on the board, and Green Bay clearly thought he was the best player on the board, and and he's turning out to be just that. Yeah, I remember uh, the night he got drafted. I happened to be in Austin, Texas, and uh, an NFL executive texted me. I don't know, a minute or so before the Packers announced that they were going to take him. And he said, yeah, they're taking Gary. And I was like, really, Gary? <laughs> it was like one of those reactions, like there had to be somebody better. You know what I mean? I, and then again, like I said earlier, the first two seasons, I, I thought he was – I didn't even think he was average. I thought he's, you know, actually pretty bad. Uh, but I'll tell you what, getting back to his physical attributes, though, and we touched upon this a little bit last year. The guy, at least in the media guy, weighs 277 pounds. I'll bet there isn't a 277-pound outside linebacker in the NFL besides him. Do you think so? He was he was about 300 or 290, 295 at Michigan. So he's lost about 15 pounds. Yeah, you know. I'll be in Green Bay tomorrow. I, I do want to ask him. I, I bet he's closer to 270 these days. But no, there, there aren't many. And you know, and and again, you know, if you watch him, I, I don't know what he runs right now. He hasn't had to run a 40 since he came out in in 2019. But but Gary, there aren't many guys in the league. You know, an outside linebacker, even if they're 260 or 255, that run like this guy. He's a sideline to sideline guy when he needs to be. I mean, he, he, he's got terrific speed. And then, you know, that combination of power, if he is still a 275, 277 is pretty ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look that up around the league. If, if there are, Gary, th- there aren't many. But again, you know, he had to take off 15 pounds right out of the chute just to make that tr- transition from, from, you know, defensive end in a 4-3 at Michigan to that 3-4 outside linebacker spot he's playing now. You know, obviously he, he's a very good outside linebacker. But, Rob, if I was the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, he'd be playing inside. And I know you're taking away probably his strengths, but at the same time, to me, he's the most stout runner uh, defender against the run. And then I'd throw Quay Walker on the outside. I'd just flip-flop him. And uh, because right now the Packers are just absolutely getting beat up against the run and you and I, you know, went into this last week and, and you thought, well, maybe it's going to get better, but it's not getting better. Is it? No, it's not. I mean, I, I, I do think that defense has a ton going for it. It's probably the best defense. Like we've talked about in green Bay since the super bowl title team, you know, in, in, in 2010, Gary, they, they are still set seventh in the league in points, right? Mm-hmm. At 17 a game. I, th- I think they're fifth in total defense. They're under 300 yards a game that they're giving up. But it is a concern on the on the run defense. I think the pass defense is excellent. They can they can even take a hit like the other day when Jair Alexander didn't play and they have enough depth and quality in the back end that they can survive uh, a, ga- a game or a month with whatever without Jair. 
uh, because a guy like Rasul Douglas is so flexible, he can jump outside mm-hmm. and, and play there. Gary, keep in mind, I mean, New England had almost no options right the other day in terms of, of throwing the football. They were already down to the number two quarterback in Hoyer, right? He lasts a series or two. Then they have to come and play Bailey Zappa, a guy that nobody had heard of or, or, or probably will ever hear of again um, in, in all likelihood. So they go power and they bring in a sixth offensive lineman and they run power the, the entire game. They've already got two beasts at running back here. Those two running backs are damn good that, that the Patriots have. Sure, and and sure. then they, they almost lined up like a high school team did would and, and said, we're, we're just going to try to jam it down your throat, you know, with, with, with this extra offensive lineman and, the, and these two running backs. And now is it concerning for green Bay that, that they couldn't stop it? Absolutely. You know, and I, I think new England ended up with about 170 yards on the ground. Uh, but again, that, that, that's kind of been the, the mantra in green Bay, Gary, the last, you know, 10 years or so, um, you know, dating back to the Dom Capers era and, you know, and now carrying it through the, you know, through Petten and then, and then even Joe Barry. Now they're okay. Giving up four, four and a half, five yards of crack and making you go 14 plays, 72 yards, 15 plays, 81 yards, something like that, because their, their whole thought process is, is, is you will make a mistake somewhere along the way. They just don't want to give up big plays over the top. If, if you nickel and dime them a little bit in the wrong game and average five yards a carry, they'll live with that. So uh, trust me, Rashawn Gary's not moving inside. Uh, Quay Walker's not going oh, outside. On, they're, 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 no- <laughs> their number one concern, Gary, is, is, is not, you know, the fact that New England averaged five yards a rush the other day. It's, it's that they don't give up 58 yarders, 70 yarders over the top, right. almost like right. Justin Jefferson who gashed him right in, in week mm-hmm. one. That's what they don't want to see. They'll live with new England putting together 12 play drives and, and settling for field goals, which happened a couple times in that game the other day, but, but it is a problem. I mean, let's, let, let, let's not poo poo it or kid ourselves that it is the number one thing they they've got to get fixed. They haven't been stout enough up front. You know, Kenny Clark did not have a great day um, against new England at all. The, his, his lineman, you know, were, were certainly, you know, did not stand out against that, that Patriots front. But again, that is something Green Bay will live with. If, you know, if, if you have to give up something and, and everybody probably does because you can't take away everything, Green Bay's thought process and mindset and, and game plan and strategy the last decade or so has been we'll give up a little bit on the ground and we're not going to let you hurt us over the top. And, and that's just kind of where they are right now. Are they going to have to adjust better, Gary, against certain teams? Kind of like that 2019 NFC Championship game, right? When Raheem Mostar killed them on the ground and the and the 49ers ran them out of the place. Yes, I mean they they can't have a repeat of something like that because you 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 can't win a football game that way. But um, you know, I I don't think this run defense is going to look you know anything as dreadful as that 2019 unit did. I, I think when it's all said and done, this will be a group that's probably in the middle of the pack um, against the run game. And you're probably going to see him, Gary, in the top three to five in terms of passing defense. Yeah. You know, last week we uh, talked about uh, the Packers run offense and how it's one of the best in the league. But in the big picture, a run offense, at least uh, in in regards to the other NFL teams, isn't all that important. Well, if you look at this year's run defense, Rob, some of the best teams, if not the best teams – are great against the run. For example, first in run defense, Kansas City, okay? 
Really? Okay. Second in run defense, San Francisco. Third in run defense, Buffalo. You yep. can make a case. Those are the three best teams in football right now. And then you got Cincinnati at four. Where's Green, where's Green Bay rank, Gary? You really want to know? <laughs> I'm telling you, Rob. 22nd. Okay, 22. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Like you said, if they get into the middle of pack, I, I think they're going to be fine. But if they continue to struggle like they are, their playoffs are going to be uh, short-lived. I, I just can't see them going very far with that kind of a run defense. Yeah, it'll it'll clearly be the number one challenge on Sunday, right? The Giants don't know who their quarterback is. Um, you know, with Jones fighting the ankle, Tyrod Taylor, the concussion, nobody knows who's going to play quarterback for them. So it should be one. <laughs> could be, could be. Is Phil Sims around? I mean, can they yeah. can they get him out of the booth? Right? Where, where's Hostetler? <laughs> they, you know, it, it, it'll be the Saquon Barkley show, right? I mean, that that's the best path, and the and you know that that's the best avenue for teams to attack green Bay right now is, is on the ground, um, milk the clock, keep Rogers on the sideline and, and green Bay is going to have to adjust. Now I, I thought they made some okay adjustments, Gary, you know, in 2020 and 2021, they were a little bit better than they were in 2019, um, against the run, but, it, but, it, but it's undoubtedly the number one concern of this defense right now, as we hit the quarter pole of, of the regular season. Yeah, you, you know, you were talking about the uh, Packers-Patriots games. I mean, it goes without saying that Belichick, you know, is one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest. But the Patriots had no business being on the field against the Packers, but they were because of Belichick. They ran the Correct. ball, and they ran the ball, and they ran the ball, and they possessed the clock. You know what I mean? I mean, it was just brilliant. To me, it's like everything you need to know about Bill Belichick and, and, and how great of a coach he is. Gary, do you remember the Monday night football game last year in, in when, when New England uh, played Buffalo? I think Belichick allowed Mac Jones to throw three passes and they ran it yes, about 40 exactly. exactly. I mean, it's, it, it, it honestly was, you know, like whatever, watching Muskego football in Wisconsin or something like that. It was absolutely mind-blowing, right, that in, in 2021 – you know, in an NFL football game, the quarterback threw the ball 6% of the time, which is about what Mac Jones threw it threw it that day. Uh, it, I, I, Gary, I don't even know how anybody could argue who's the best, right? I mean, what, yeah. what, what that guy, that guy does more with less than anybody I, I've ever seen. You, you, Cause you're exactly right. When, when he's down to that number three quarterback the other day, because that was a game, Gary, right? If New England gets down two scores and they have to start winging it around the yard, that that that's going to get ugly in a hurry. You know, 17-7 becomes 31-7 or 38-7 real quickly when, when you put the ball in the hands of a, of a rookie uh, fourth-round draft pick playing quarterback, which was what New England was down to at that point in time. And Belichick just hangs around and hangs around and hangs around, right? And he and he hammers away with those two running backs, and he and he milks the clock, and he keeps Rodgers on the sideline. And that young quarterback gets a lot of a little bit of confidence, so that when they run some play action, uh, Green Bay is biting with seven and eight in the in the box. And and guess what? All of a sudden, those wide receivers are wide open. That you know, it, it, it's a pass you and I could almost make, right? I mean that that's mm-hmm. how good Belichick is. And, uh, 
no, he, he completely outcoached Matt LaFleur on, on Sunday, that game, uh, you know, Gary should have been a, a, a 14 to 20 point green Bay win. It's, it's probably why Packer nation is fretting and worrying so much right now, despite the fact they're three and one that they can't blow anybody out. You know, the fan base of, of green Bay, Gary, you know, if, if, if they're not beating everybody by 23 points, every single game, then they're ready to go jump off a bridge. And, and that's where they are right now, because, yeah. you know, through, through, through four games, Gary, I mean, they're, they're plus minus minus is only six. I mean, they're, they've scored 75, they've given up 69. So they're only outscoring people by a point and a half a game. Uh, again, it's impressive that they're three and one. They're very, very good in close games in the LaFleur era. I think they're 20 and eight right now, counting, uh, counting playoff games. They've, they've always found a way for the most part under LaFleur to win these close games. And, and they did it again on Sunday, but but obviously it's a concern when the schedule beefs up, right? And it does in, you know, three, four weeks down the road when, when they've got trips coming to Buffalo and Philly and, and places like that, that, it, that if Green Bay doesn't take its game up dramatically, uh, they, they could get run out of the building in a couple of those cities. Yeah, before we uh, wrap this up, Rob, I obviously want to talk about the uh, Packers-Giants game Sunday in London. And uh, I'll tell you what, I got to tell you a story. This is – what is it now? Three years ago, I think it was. Saquon Barkley was playing at Michigan State, right? And they played Penn State. Or, or Penn State, I'm sorry. They played at Northwestern, went with some friends. And I went specifically to see Barkley because I heard all these great things about sure. him. In the first half, he was like one of the worst running backs I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he I, I don't know what he had, but he had like five yards at halftime, right? And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. This guy is touted to be, you know, one of the top picks coming out. I mean, he didn't show me a thing that day. And and it goes back to the the, uh, old scouting axiom. You just don't watch one game, you know. You watch a lot of games. And anyways, right now you can make a case that he is the best running back in the NFL. I mean, he's off to a monster season. He uh, started his career with back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. But then the last couple of years, he's been banged up uh, with injuries. But now he's back on track. And that, that dude's a beast. And having mentioned before that the Packers ranked 22nd against the run, I would imagine uh, Mr. Barkley is going to carry the ball, what, 20 times minimum? I would think 30, right? Is it, well, yeah. well, why not? I mean, and especially Gary, because if you're the Giants, he, he's in the fifth and final year of, of, of his contract. There's no guarantee he's on your roster next year. So it's kind of like when the Brewers acquired CC Sabathia, you know, yeah. 15 years ago or so, you know, and Doug Melvin just said, you know, pretty much pitch him every other day. Um, <laughs> that, that I, it, it almost feels that's where the Giants are right, right now with Barkley. I, I, I'll tell you what, it's, it, it's a terrific, you know, comeback story right now that, that he has going. Cause, Cause you're right. I mean, he had the, he had the monster rookie season where he was 1300 plus yards. And I think he was 15 or 16 touchdowns that year. He was, he, he's, he's the rookie of the year, you know, and then he suffers the knee injury. Um, and, and, in 2020 or tw- late 2019, I think his 2020 season was, was largely flushed out Gary. And, you know, that they thought they'd see the Saquon Barkley that they knew in 2021, and uh, he was still beat up a lot last year. I mean, his mm-hmm. his yards per carry in 2021, Gary, I, I was doing some research on him earlier in the day, was was three and a half yards a carry. You know, he was 5-0 as a rookie. Um, and and wow. a lot of people wondered, a lot of people wondered, you know, could, 
could he ever come back and be the same guy that he was? Well, you know what he's at right now, Gary? He's at five and a half, 5.5 per carry. You know, he's up almost two yards a pop. Uh, from from where he was a year ago, and I, and and I don't watch the Giants enough. I'm sure some of that is you know based on the fact his line is a little bit better, but but that's also just because he's back really to full health, and and they'll have a really tricky decision coming in the off season. You know, do you give a guy like that a second contract or not? Especially you know uh, as beat up as he's been the first five years of his career. Uh, but right now, you're exactly right, Gary. You know, he he's one of the elite guys we have in the in this league. Um, you know, he he's at 115, 100. 16 yards right now per game. Like I said, five and a half a pop. He's touching it, Gary, 21 times a game right now on the is that ground. What it is? 21. Yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. at 21 carries and, and, he, and he's caught the ball 15 times, Gary. So that's another four catches a game. So they're putting the ball in his hands 25 times a game uh, the way it is. I, I, I would think this game in London, you know, again, where they have all these quarterback issues and, and they're not sure if Jones can go with that ankle or Tyrod Taylor will be cleared in the concussion protocol. It, it's got to be the Saquon Barkley show, doesn't it? He's got to touch the ball 30 times for them to have any chance in, in this football game. It, it allows them to probably possess the ball 32, 34, 35 minutes, keep Rodgers on the side and uh, potentially wear out that Packer defense. So no, that I, that's exactly what I'm expecting is a, is a lot of Barkley come Sunday. And uh, having said that, I expect a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of uh, AJ Dillon, you know, we were talking about the Packers' porous run defense. You want to know what the Giants is? <laughs> I hadn't looked that up yet. Are, are they are they bottom five? Uh, they are indeed in the bottom five. They're in the bottom four at weighing yep. in at number 28. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like old-fashioned football, this could be your game. Run, 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 you know? You might be out of there in two hours and 20 minutes. That wouldn't be bad either. Have you seen the pubs over here? <laughs> <laughs> they have exactly. They have an array of outstanding pubs. <laughs> that that is outstanding. Like we said, you're a lucky man. But no, that 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 would certainly make some sense. And and again, I I love what Green Bay has done in terms of establishing the run. Right. I mean, we talk about it a lot. Their number one goal with Aaron Jones is is to make sure. He is on the field in January, right? He has 42 carries right now, Gary, through four games. So 10 and a half a game. And he's averaging almost seven yards a pop. They're letting A.J. Dillon be the workhorse. Dillon's at 51 carries, which is 13 a game. Um, You know, and and they're they're fine saying A.J. Dillon's only at 3.7 a pop because A.J. Dillon is beating people up and wearing them out. Uh, Aaron Jones is going to be fresh throughout the course of the season with this game plan, I think that they've kind of instituted here for the, for the 2022 season. So no, I, I would expect that exact same thing. A lot of Jones um, and a lot of Dylan come Sunday and, and a lot of Barkley, which could mean this game, this game is over well before the noon kickoffs here back in the United States of America. Well, looking into your uh, crystal ball, you want to throw out a prediction? Again, Green Bay's catching so many breaks right now, aren't they, on, on the injury front? You go back a couple of weeks, Tampa Bay's down all their wide receivers. New England's got to play a number three quarterback who's never taken a snap. We don't know who the Giants are going to have under center. Um, I mean, Green Bay is really uh, fortuitous here early on mm-hmm. uh, in the season, the way some of this injury stuff has played out. And, and I just, that, that's going to be too big of a hill for the Giants to climb. I, I think, you know, no matter who's under center for them, Gary, it's either going to be a young and inexperienced guy, maybe somebody older. They sign off the street here later in the week, 
or or one of their top two guys who's nicked and dinged up and can't do what they would do on a, on a normal game. So I'm going to go like 27, 13 Packers. I, I, I think they win relatively handily and, and, and cover the spread. Yeah, it's funny. You got them winning by 14. I got them winning by 13. Uh, I have them at 30 to 17. I, I think the Packers are going to pretty much dominate both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, last week LaFleur said, see you on Tuesday or whatever it was, uh, you know, after the game. I think LaFleur is going to say, see you like on Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> and let them stay in London for a night or two. <laughs> So, That's typically so. not how they do business there, but I, I, I guess you, ne- you never say never. If, if, if they run them out of the place and do what they're supposed to all week, yeah, maybe, may, maybe it's an extended trip. Yeah, I'd, I'd give them a early Christmas present and let them spend the night <laughs> on it. <the> t- <laughs> uh, so, hey, uh, before we wrap it up, any uh, quick hits before we uh, call it a podcast? Oh, you're catching me off guard. Let yeah. me. Anything that you uh, wanted to get off your chest? Let me let me think quickly. I I, I shot. I know you're happy the uh, football coach at Wisconsin got fired, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't say happy. I I thought they'd play it out through the course of of the 2022 season. Paul Christ is a good man. I, I will say that. He's a great guy. Great. Really a really a good man. I I do see. I I hate to see things like that happen to guys midstream, especially when they're good people. But I I get what Bucky is doing there, Gary. You know they're giving Jimmy Leonard seven games to kind of prove the, prove himself and 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 get an idea if he can handle this thing big picture wise and and they'll know a lot more in in two months whether they need to open this thing up on a national level but but i'll tell you that that was the most un-wisconsin like thing um yeah that, that i can remember happening in, inside that athletic department in in a, in a long long time you know they they typically are, are are not one to uh to move the meter and 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 you know send shock waves kind of through the fan base and and i think that's exactly what they did sunday night when when they moved on from from paul chris so i i mean i i wish paul all the best and but i but i hope it works out for jimmy i i, I hope they get this thing turned around and maybe bucky's got you know uh th- their next coach already um right now in 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 the building and, and he and he can give it a go the next 10 or 12 years anything else last call <laughs> oh i i i think last call we're gonna head to the exits i i, I okay <laughs> i i don't i don't have a lot how about you buddy uh I, i'm just looking forward to uh saturday night sunday night and monday night in london <laughs> It's a pretty good trio of nights. Yeah, yes. it will. It, it will be. So, anyways, good and, stuff, Rob. And the, fact, and, the, and the fact your wife is still putting up with you is is major applause to her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave agree. it at that. I have to agree with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, anyways, hey, great stuff as usual. Uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with me, and uh, we'll be talking again next week. And also, thank you to our listeners. Tally Ho. (laughs) (laughs) For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.